0: Where are we placing our trust, or who are we putting our faith in? God's Word tells us that everlasting life is something that each of us can have, right here and now, in this life. And that everlasting life is found in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, God's Son. And today, we invite you to listen to Mr. Tom Baker as he proclaims the Gospel from John chapter 3 and verse 36 as we listen to the message today, each of us should ask ourselves the question, who or what am I trusting in to be sure of heaven? Mr. Baker is an international evangelist who preaches the gospel to gang members in the greater Los Angeles area. He preaches from the Bible, the word of God, and brings a message of hope and truth to intercity gang members who trust no one but themselves. Let's listen to the words of John chapter 3 and verse 36. And when we do, let's ask ourselves the questions. What part of the verse am I in? Do I believe on the Son of God? We're praying that by the end of this message, you'll understand that he that has the Son has everlasting life.
1: John chapter 3 and verse 36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Sisko was a young man who was coming to some gospel meetings that we were having. His best friend had just recently been stabbed to death in a gang fight, and we had been asked to carry on a series of gospel meetings from our two sons and myself, each night we went on for almost four months. Sisco was coming. I could see that he was a disturbed young man. But after the meeting, I went to him and I shook his hand, put my arm around him and I said, I'm glad to see you. And I want to tell you something, young man. God loves you. And with a smirk on his face, he told me, no one loves me. I found out later that he was living in an abandoned car in the back of a house. People allowed him to stay there. I said to him that night, I said, I want you to come again. And he says, you'll never see me again. The next night he did come. And the night after that he came. And two weeks later he was still coming. And I heard one of the young men was in the same gang with him. He was kind of ridiculing him and he was saying, "Sisco, you of all people, why are you coming to these meetings? I'll never forget what Sisko said. He said, you see that chart up there? We had a two roads, two destiny chart. A road that leads downward to the pit of hell and a road that leads upward to heaven and home. And he said this, Since I've been coming to these meetings, I've found out that I'm on that road that goes down to hell. I'm not going to stop coming until I'm sure I'm on the way that goes to heaven. It was about three weeks later, I was taking Cisco home. Cisco told me, he said, Tom, I've got to talk to you. We sat down in the car and we talked together. And by reading the scriptures to him, Cisco came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as his own personal Savior. His life has been dramatically changed. He's not in the gangs anymore. He's not living in that old, burnt-out old car where he lived. He's got a wife and a family. and God has blessed him. Salvation is real. Salvation is powerful. And what we have read together this evening tells us of two things. The verse is very simple. It's divided into the first six words in the first phrase of this verse. And the first six words in the second phrase of this verse are exactly the same, except for one word that's different. Actually, it's only one letter that's different. Read them with me. He that believeth on the sun. Six words. And the second half, it says this. He that believeth not the sun. Six words. And only one word is making the difference in those six words. He that believeth on the Son, and he that believeth not the Son. That is the difference between those who are on that road that are going down to hell and those who are on the road that are going up to heaven. And everyone in this audience tonight, you find yourself in one part of this verse. You're either on the first part of those who have believed on the Son and you can say, I have everlasting life. Or you're still on that last part of those who have to say, he that believeth not the Son hath not life. And I would like you, in the fear of God, in the quiet moments of this meeting, to solemnly ask yourself, where am I in this verse? Have you believed on the Son, or you believed not the Son? I'd like you to notice how the verse speaks to you. I'm not sure if it's still this way, but I remember when emails were just coming in. AOL used to have a a little voice, you've got mail. Well, this is a letter. If you would, this is an email from heaven to you. God is singling you out tonight. And he's saying this, he or she. It's a very individual thing, this matter of salvation. It's not something that you can go with the masses with. It's not something that you can group yourself with in a church gathering and say, well, we're all this or we're all that. Salvation is a very personal thing because salvation has to do with the issue of your sins. And your sins are yours. And that's what makes it so personal. He or she. Earlier in this chapter, the Lord Jesus Christ was talking to a very religious man named Nicodemus, and he cut right to the quick. He said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Nicodemus was a ruler of the Jews. He was in charge of a lot of things. He was a religious leader, and he had all of these things going for him in his life. But the Lord separated Nicodemus apart from all of that. And Nicodemus stood in the presence of the Lord Almighty. And as it were, the Lord put his index finger right into the chest of Nicodemus. And he says, you must be born again. And that's the message that he would say to you tonight. Because when you were born the first time, as it is with every individual in this audience, we were all born in the wrong way. We're all born with a nature that is prone to sin, a sinful nature. And because of that sinful nature, we are sinners. You did not become a sinner the first time you sinned. You sinned because you were a sinner. And it's the issue of your sin that God wants to deal with tonight. And He wants you to be serious about it. And He wants you to understand that it's your sin that is taking you down to a lost sinner's hell. And friend, if you die as you are, if you're still in your sin, there's absolutely no hope for you. There'll be eternal torments that await you. Eternal. This is not something that will pass in a hundred years. This is not something that will go away after a thousand years. This will be you lost forever under the awful judgment of God against your sin. And you know something? If you die in your sins and you go to the place called hell and then the lake of fire, you'll deserve every minute of it. You see, that's strong. Yes, it is. But my friend, it's because of your sin. And God must judge sin. And so he's directing this message directly to your heart. He's saying he, she, you. What is he telling you? That believeth. How can we illustrate this word that's so perplexing, but so important? How often people stumble over it. How often it seems so hard to believe I was there. One day, living in El Salvador, I hardly knew any Spanish at the time. There was a man that I knew carrying a huge weight on his back. In most of your Latin countries, the women carry their things on their heads and the men carry their things on their back. And he had a huge load that he was carrying and I saw him and I rushed out to where he was. And what little bit of Spanish I had at that time, I communicated to him that I was willing to take the load off of him. Let's stop and think just a moment. What was happening at that moment? I was coming to him, and I was offering to take that load from him. I was showing to him that I was ready to do it. And I was expressing to him that I was willing to do it. And as he looked at me, he saw that I was able to do it. So there was no problem there. But then we have to ask him, are you tired of that load, sir? Is that load feeling heavy on your back, sir? Would you like to be freed from it? You know what happened at that moment? He wanted me to take that load from off his back. And I lifted it and I put it upon my back. May I present to you one who is ready, who is willing, and who is able to take the load of your sin from off your soul tonight. He's ready. He came all the way from heaven's heights of glory. He loved you, friend. He's God. Yet he became a man. Tonight in this gospel meeting, he's coming to your heart's door. He's willing. All the forces in the universe could never take him to the cross. There was not a power in all the world that could force him to go to the cross to die for a sinner like you. But in his heart of love to you, he willingly gave himself to that cross. Those other two men that were crucified one on each side. No doubt there was the cursing and there was the struggle and they were doing everything they could to free themselves from that cross. Ah, but when they came to him, he laid down his life. No struggle. He wanted to die for you. He's ready. He's willing. But I'd like to present to you a Savior who is able. There is not a communion. There is not a baptism. There is not a man. There is not an individual in this world that can deal with your sin, friend. You can't do it. I can't do it. There is no one can do it. But he is able. And because he is God manifested in human flesh, he was able to be the sacrifice that God required God requires a perfect sacrifice for your sin. He requires that the one who is going to die would have to be able to bear the full punishment and all that your sins deserve. He is able and he took that sin for you. Bible says God is just and he is the justifier of them that believe on Christ. You see, God in his just and holy person cannot overlook sin he cannot tolerate sin but he's provided a savior and he judged the lord jesus christ for everything that your sins deserve everything my friend that you would have to suffer for because of sin was placed upon the lord jesus christ Because the Lord Jesus Christ is the one who suffered. Now God says, the just able to justify the sinner. What does that mean? He means he's able to declare you righteous. He's able to declare you perfect and fit for heaven. But what about you? Remember that man? He had to make the choice. What is your choice tonight? Are you willing to let him take that burden? He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He loves you. That burden's taking you down to hell. Your sin is real. Will you not trust him? Will you not let him take that sin that is plaguing you, that is condemning you? When I took that load off of that man, I didn't know all that he told me, but I did hear one word that I understood. He said, gracias. Thank you. You know, when our Lord Jesus Christ saved this poor sinner at 17 years of age, that's all I could say to him thanks. That's all I knew what to say. At that moment, I realized that he bore my sins in his own body on the tree. He that believeth. You know, friend, this is such an important issue. God doesn't just say he that believeth and then stop there. He didn't say, well, he that keeps the faith and that's, that's, you just keep the faith. He didn't say that will believe in something No, no, this is an issue that has to do with eternity. And so God is very clear and very precise in what he's going to tell you. He says, he that believeth on the Son, because his Son is your only hope. The Lord Jesus Christ is the only remedy for sin, because he's the only one who could die for sin. And he's the one who opened up the way into heaven. There would be no way if it wasn't for his death on the cross but he's made a real and a living way for sinners where they can come to God's heaven, where they can know their sins forgiven. He that believeth on the Son. Is the Lord Jesus Christ your Savior? Who are you trusting in? What are you trusting in? We're not talking about a little issue here. This is not something that's minor. This is the most important issue of life. Who are you trusting in? He that believeth on the Son. If you're trusting in someone else or something else, friend, may I say it to you with all my heart, it's not enough. It's not enough. He that believeth on the Son hath. You see, salvation is not something you wait for. Salvation is not something you put off. It's not something that will come to you after death. Salvation is a present possession that you can enjoy right now. God is willing to lift the burden of sin Off of that soul of yours today. He's willing to wash your sins away. He's willing to make you fit for heaven. He's willing to make you right. Well, right now you're wrong. And right now you're in your sin. And he's willing to give it to you this very evening. He that believeth on the Son hath. What is it that you get? Everlasting life. Why everlasting life? Because, as I've already said, when you were born the first time, you are born in sin, and God says because of that, you're dead in trespasses and in sin. Dead. There's no way that you can get this life in anything that you can do or anyone else can do for you. It's a life that only God can give to a dead person who is dead in their sins. Spiritually, friend, you're dead. God gives spiritual life. And there's a response. And that spiritual life that he gives is not something that's just going to last for a little while. It's everlasting. And that does not mean that you won't die physically. You may die physically. But the beautiful part is, is that if you do die physically or even if you don't die because the Lord Jesus Christ is coming, whatever the case may be, you are fit and ready for heaven once you have everlasting life. Because the only way you can get everlasting life is by having your sins forgiven. And the only way you can get into heaven is by having your sins forgiven. The Lord Jesus Christ is the only one who can forgive you your sins. He, she that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. I wish that was all there was in that verse. But there's a solemn warning. He or she that believeth not. It wasn't too long ago when that word was very popular. Somebody would tell you to do something, you'd say not. Do you realize what you're saying to God if you walk out of those doors without the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior tonight? You're saying not to God. He that believeth not the Son. But let me warn you we don't use double negatives in English, but there's a double negative here. He that believeth not, God says, Shall not. That's a double negative in in the original language. God is emphatically telling you that there is absolutely no other way. If you say not to God, God is saying not to you. That's the reason why. It's an issue that's just between you and God. You can't turn to a preacher. It's just between you and God tonight because you're the only one who can answer for your soul. You're the only one who will make that decision of what you're going to say to God. Yes or no? There are two classes of sinners here the sinner that receives the Son, and the sinner that rejects the Son. Where are you? If you are with those who reject the Son, the wrath, the anger of God abideth on you. God never is angry when it's not necessary. The anger of God is a holy anger. And that anger that God has is against your sin. His holy nature responds to your sinful nature in anger. Yes, He's a loving God. He gave His Son. He spared Him not. He delivered Him up. He gave Him to you to die upon the cross. That's the full expression of the love of God. But also, as you look at the cross, you see the full expression of the anger of God. He judged His Son. He spared Him not. The stroke of God's wrath fell upon His Son. And if God would judge His Son for you, friend, you think He wouldn't judge you for rejecting His Son? He that believeth not the Son hath not life. But the wrath of God Abideth upon him. In that same series of meetings that my sons and I had together, there was another young man that came. He was in the gangs too. And after the meeting, the first night he came, he came right up to me, and he said, "I've never heard anything like that before. Can you tell me more?" I said, "Yes, I can." We sat down. There was sixty people in the little living room, but it was just him and I alone, as far as he was concerned. And as I explained to him the gospel. There was a little text on the wall. and it read this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I said to him, that little phrase up there, whosoever believeth on him, what does that mean? He said, well, I guess it means that anyone in this world, if they believe on him, they did not perish. Good. So what else does that mean? He said, "Well, I guess it means that whosoever—that means people—if if, any—if any person would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, he should not perish, but have everlasting life." Good. What else does it mean? I thought a minute. He says, "Well, I guess it means that us, us—if we—if we believe in the in the Son, will not perish, but have everlasting life." I said, "That's good." What else does it mean? He said, "Well, if you." and I believe on the Son, we will not perish but have everlasting life. I said, yes. What else does it mean? He thought for a minute. Oh, he said, if I believe on the Son, I will not perish, but I will have everlasting life. I said, that's right. Now take that home and think about it. He did. But I didn't know that he was planning on committing suicide that night. He had the gun ready, he was going to take his life. He went into his room, threw the gun under the bed, got down on his knees, and he thought to himself, if I believe on the Son, I'll have everlasting life. I will not perish. You know, there on his knees. First time he heard the gospel, he saw the great truth that this is for an individual.
0: For she that believes in the Son has everlasting life. If we trust the Lord Jesus Christ, His death on the cross as the payment for our sins, we'll have everlasting life and be forever saved from the wrath of God. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email? at AnchorPointRadio.com, we'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Christians who are meeting in various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services, as well as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and the very warm welcome awaits you. And if you've been challenged by today's message, would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, following New Testament principles, please feel free to check out our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the Gospel Hall nearest you. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening. And we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that in times like these, you need a Savior. And in times like these, you need an anchor.